Hello, hello, my dear audience, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. For those who joined us today for the first time, I want to tell you what I do here during this show. I share different tools I have acquired over a period of 43 years as a health practitioner. That's one thing. Then I have shows of an open mic, shows during which I ask listeners to call in with their questions and or comments. And we work with whatever they bring in. And finally, I invite different specialists from the healing arts who made a significant contribution in their field. Today, I hold an open mic. Uh, we started this year actually with two shows where I invited guests, quite interesting guests. Uh, but uh, I would like to try this to do a little bit more of having an open mic. So let me remind you of the telephone to call 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. I'm hoping to do just that to for a while. Uh, I'm not going to have guests. In, in fact, I do not have guests lined up for a while. Um, I still didn't figure out, my dear audience, what you like more, whether you like me inviting guests or me speaking or having an open mic. Not enough people wrote with their feedback about it. But I think that an open mic is such an opportunity for many people to call in, to ask questions, to express their opinion, and possibly receive guidance. So let's give, give it a try this year. If any of you at any moment would like to call right now as I'm talking, please do. You can do it and we'll take the call. You can express your thoughts about previous shows, you can share your night dreams. As you know, I'm a great fan of working with people's night dreams because it's really the most important body of knowledge we can receive beyond direct feedback from people uh, could tell us about us. Uh, but nobody can tell you more the truth about you than your night dream. Maybe, maybe your spouse, your partner in life. Uh, you can also call in and ask questions regarding health issues, whether physical or emotional. And I will do my best trying to address your question or the issue. And there is a chance that I do not have an answer. But perhaps I can give you an idea who can for help you to find an answer, or where you can find an answer, who you can call. Remember, I don't have all the answers. And I myself did not master every single aspect uh, of my life uh, or single, every single issue that I'm bringing, hip up, bringing up here. I'm a teacher. I teach tools. And some of the tools I use successfully uh, over the years, and some my students used more successfully than I did. In the beginning of each course, and over the years I taught many, many courses. In the beginning of each course that I teach, I usually say, I'm going to teach you something 
that I aspire to become. But I'm not. That's the difference between the master and the teacher. The master is a person who mastered everything he or she teaches. Certainly when you see some master of Kung Fu or master of Tai Chi, they really masters. They, what they teach, they mastered perfectly. But the teacher is a person who learned the tools and is working on them, uh, trying to refine, to refine uh, qualities within oneself. Uh, so this is not first time I'm telling you, and you will say why? Because I want everyone to know that we are all the same. I had a couple of discussions recently with friends uh, who are psychologists, and we were sharing with all the issues that we have, and we said, God, look at what we're dealing with. So. We are different only in a degree, not in kind. People often feel lonely, isolated, feel something is wrong with them. Uh, a few weeks ago, a gentleman, Jack, called uh, to this show and shared that he was experiencing flashbacks from his past during the World War II. Then a woman called with what, what we would call empty nest syndrome. I gave them some ideas of how to deal with the issues. By the way, uh, Jack and, and a lady, I don't remember, I'm sorry, your name. Uh, if you're here today, please call. I would love to hear what you did with what I uh, shared with you. I want to get your feedback. Doctor, I want to see. We have Linda on the line from Queens with a night dream. Wonderful, yeah, we'll continue. Please connect me with the person. Hello? She's here. Hello. Yes, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. Hi, and your name is? My name is Linda. Linda, yes. Welcome, Linda. You're on the air. Please tell us what well, you, you want. You have a comment? You have a question? Well, I really would like to get your opinion about a night dream that I had. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Yes, I um, I lost my son last June. He made his transition. And he came to me in a night dream about two weeks ago mm-hmm. on the 7th of the month. And uh, in the dream, mm-hmm. I was with his, you know, his baby's mama. And I was helping her. We were working with some children. And one little girl was so bad. And we were trying to get them dressed. And there was clothing, layers of clothing, shirts, socks, pants, hats. And when I got this one little girl dressed, I realized that she was my niece who had gotten, who was, who was, who died years ago. And then my son came in and, but he was, you know, as a child and I started dressing him. They had shirts, pants, shoes, and I was looking at the shirts and the design and the colors. I said, I knew 
even in the dream, that he liked these special types of clothing. They had to be different and unique. And I was dressing him, and I said to myself, why is my son a child again? So I, you know, I was I helped with these children, and uh, I remember my son telling me to, you know, he said, because I was thinking about getting a a property and opening up a scholarship in his name, and it came to me in the dream that he said, yes, Mommy, do it. That would be good. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that was the end of the dream. After that, I woke up feeling very good, feeling uh, confident, feeling uh, I had a little, just to communicate with him mm-hmm. after he was so horribly taken from me. He was accosted by two masked uh, killers, and they shot him down. Oh, and so it was good to be with him in a positive, you know, dream and to get confirmation from him that he wanted me to do something good for his name and his legacy. So I just want to know, did you read anything into it or can you give me some advice? Yes, Linda, I am so, so, so sorry about your loss. You know, when we, when we become, you know, when I was a, young guy, I wasn't afraid of dying. Mm. I think I was not afraid of anything. But once I got children, I I kind of became fearful, Mm. Uh, you know, because we become vulnerable. And the worst thing which can happen, I think, to a human being is to lose a child. So I I totally, totally understand you. And I'm so, so so sorry. Thank you. I, how did you, maybe, we can talk about the dream, but you can also inspire other people. You sound like a very much together person. How did, how did you, may I ask you, how did you deal with this loss? Well, you know, I, I'm very, uh, I'm a Christian and I have a strong faith and, uh, I think the only thing that really got me through was my my faith that, you know, he was with my ancestors, with my grandfather, with my father, mm-hmm. and he's, they're waiting for us all to be together with the Lord, you know, to be absent from the bodies, to be with the Lord, and yeah. that I'll see him again. So that's what really helped me when the enemy came to me and told me to commit suicide, I didn't listen. Mm-hmm. When the enemy came to me and told me that I need to kill the men, the men that killed him, yes. now, you know, I didn't listen. I just believe that all things work together for good for the purpose of the creator. It's bigger than our purpose, and I had to trust that. And so I didn't, uh, plus my mother lost her son. So a lot mm-hmm. of death in the black community. My mother lost her my brother was also killed years ago, and my mother had an aneurysm. When her, he, she went into, uh, uh, you know, she, a blood vessel burst in her brain, and she was on, uh, she was like 
brain dead, they said. Yes. And um, I didn't want to repeat that, so I had to be strong. I couldn't be weak. But, you know, thank God, my mother, mm-hmm. we, 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 put, sent, we got uh, a private ambulance and took her to a hospital that had CAT scan, and my sister was a nurse, and she had a team of doctors that were waiting for my mother, neurosurgeons, mm-hmm. and they did brain surgery. It took her from the ambulance, the private ambulance, into uh, another ambulance, and they started working on her right there in the street before they took her in the hospital. And when she woke up, she was in a, she was asleep for a couple of days after the surgery. But when she woke up, there was a Jewish doctor that had done the surgery, and he said, you know, he, he, he said, uh, my mother said, thank you, doctor. And he shook his head no, and he pointed up to the sky, and he said, I had three patients I gave surgery to last week. The other mm. two died. He said, but when I did your surgery, he mm. said, a power took over my hands. Wow, and I wow. did your surgery in a way that I was never taught. He said, I'm an, I was an atheist. He said, but now I'm a believer in your God. Wow, so wow. my mother is alive today, and we have a testimony, and I just have to believe in our faith. My family is called and set apart for God's service. Mm-hmm. We're like high priests in the Church of God in Christ, and we know we have a calling on our life. I believe my son had a calling, but I think he failed to follow his his calling. He wanted to do it his way. Mm-hmm. And... God gave him so many chances, and guns didn't shoot. You know, you, went you, like you, right through him. And you're an amazing person, amazing person. Mm-hmm. I want I want to address what the reason you made the call. Thank you so much for sharing. And I have to tell you, just yesterday in the evening, I spoke to a friend mm-hmm. whose 16 year old child was shot down. I shot because somebody wanted his cell phone. That just mm. happened like 10 years ago, or a little more, 12 years ago, when they just came up with, out with these telephones, you know, the smartphones. Somebody shot him for the phone. It's cra- we live in a little crazy world. And unless people have faith like you, it's unbearable. Thank you. So let me let me talk about the dream. First of all, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want you also, I want, it, it's an incredible story that Linda is sharing, but I also want you to benefit from the way I work, not only just working on a dream. So the first question you ask a person or yourself, if it's your dream, how does a person feel upon awakening? And Linda said already, she felt very good. So Linda, that's... Yes. That's that's first. We know that it's good news coming. The second question is location. Uh, where the where the event happened? Where was it happening? It happened at the at the home of his his baby's mother. 
I was at her house. Yeah. You see, Linda, look, it could be, remember, it's a night dream. Mm-hmm. And let's say soon you, you feel that your son visited you, right? Mm-hmm. So why he chose not your apartment? Why did he choose that place? You see, these are the know. questions you need to ask. I don't know. There is a, there is but meaning. I love her, but, and I feel very comfortable with her, and he, he still loved her too. Uh-huh. She has given me a great, a beautiful granddaughter. So she's just, we consider her as part of the family. Mm-hmm. So, so he's celebrating life. He's making sure that you are all connected, right? Mm-hmm. Something else. Somebody else appeared in a dream who died a long time ago. Who was it? Oh, that was Muriel. That was my cousin. She used to work in the doctor's office, and she, you know, she was fooling around with, it was a dentist's office, and you know how you, uh, she wrongfully was playing with this, some kind of gases that give you, make you high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and she, uh, I guess she got addicted to that, and she went into, got high and got too high, and she couldn't come out of it. But she she oh, died and not in such a good way. Oh yeah 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 yeah. It's called nitric oxide, I think. But I you never think? heard that this would kill. Yes, it's a, it it it. Uh, people die. You know they don't. Um, you know the doctor never really uh, told us what happened, but we knew what happened from the other people that were in that work with her. Sometimes the doctors are liable for things like that, and so you don't get the truth unless there's a witness that will speak to you on the yeah. side. Yes, you, you can die from it. You know, Linda, I have to tell you, um, I have a little mixed feelings about this dream. Uh, yeah, me too, hand, me too. Yeah, I tell you why. Usually when it's visitation, a visitation of someone from the other side. There is no drama. Mm-hmm. There is no, nothing is happening. There are no other characters. Mm-hmm. Nothing, no interaction. A person simply comes and talks. Mm-hmm. But if you feel it was visitation, you are right. It's your own feeling that matters. But then we have to try to understand what is the story around. Why did he facilitate this story unfolding in front of you? What is he trying to tell you by showing this? uh, Imagine that if, again, if he came to visit you and he's trying to to communicate something, correct? Mm -hmm. And so he is the producer of this show. He is the director of the show. Why did he bring this girl who died because of foolishness? You understand? I was thinking that maybe he was trying to say he made a mistake like she made a mistake. That's it. You see, Linda? What kind of mistake did he make? Well... Uh, you know, he made some decisions that were not godly decisions, were not for his calling and his, you know, 
he was trying to do it his way instead of doing it the way the Creator would have him to do it. I just think he was trying to apologize to me. Mm-hmm. But does it now, when you answer this question, does it make any sense to you? Because yeah, you, you are trying to make sense of a dream, and this is not yeah. my dream. It could, it, it, it could be that, you know, he realized that uh, he was making a mistake, or he made a mistake. Mistake with what? It could be just that, you know, he was not walking in his calling. Okay. Walk, we, you know, what he wasn't doing uh, what the Creator would have him to do right. to right. help people to uh, come to come to that to him to come out this, of darkness into light. This is it. But the beautiful thing is that he is in the right place because he is a producer. He is the director of the show that he could create. First mm-hmm. of all, if somebody indeed had the opportunity to travel and to communicate with people on this plane of existence, it means they are free to do it. You understand? He's mm. in a good place. But what he's trying to do is to tell you that, you know, we sometimes make foolish choices. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my take on it. How is it for you? Yes, I, I feel that way. I feel he's, He's trying to tell me that he was foolish, he made a mistake, he knew better. Just like Muriel knew better, but she did it anyway. Right. That's all, Linda. Thank you so, so much for sharing. And I really, really am so sorry that you lost the child. Thank you so much. I have to believe that it's all things work together for good for those that are called according to his purpose. And it's a bigger purpose for his name and his legacy and his life that the Creator has and that I will find out what it is and I will establish it. And then we'll all all be there and one day we'll have a a chance to chat with those people and clarify things. I totally believe that there is continuity of life, you know, so God willing, you know, you and I will be talking on the other side, yes, too. Yes, thank you so much. You, you have Thanks. given me a confirmation, and you're helping me to um, feel good about what I was thinking. Thank you so much for you're your experience and your expertise. I thank you. Thank you. Next caller. We Anybody have Gabrielle. We have Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Welcome, Gabrielle, to the show. Yes. I'm with yes. you. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, Gabriel, uh, you're to... carrying the name of an angel. So, <laughs> so tell, well, tell us, angel, what you have a question, you have a comment, you want to share on, something? I don't put myself on that level, but I try hard to be, do the right thing in life. Well, my, I've been pondering about this question for this in my head for a while. I'm I'm senior, and I have uh, younger cousins and this and family members, and a lot of them live in fear. And um, also, what I find that they have a common denomination uh, when they live in the fear, they also 
on the other hand, they're always talking about money and food. And I'm saying, what is this? All of these three things uh, have a bottom, um, you know, denomination, and 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 it dominates their lives. And I I try through my, you know, with my experience and whatever, I listen or I comment. But could you enlighten me on that? Is this something that is in, inherent in humans that live in fear? Because I have to say, I have. Um, I can say for myself, I really never lived in fear. When the door opened, I walked through it, and I, 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 I put my uh, trust in God and the higher power, and the, and they helped me, and 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 that's it. And and I've always, I, it's always worked out for me. But I, could you, you okay? I'm not going to belinger this and go on and on and on because I'm very interested in hearing your insight. Well, Gabriel, you're great. You're great. Listen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You opened such a big topic. Please, I will start talking. I have a lot to say about it. Okay, but I don't That's want right. it to be. I don't want it to be a monologue. Mm-hmm. I don't see you when we are sitting in front of each other. We get cues from each other. You know, somebody wants to say something. The other person who is talking sees it and stops. But I don't see you. This is a radio show. Mm-hmm. So, when I start talking, please. Uh, if you want to say something, interject, say, excuse me, that's all. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have so well, much you, to say, but be, be with me. Be with me, please. Thank you for offering it to me, but I just, I, I'm so anxious to hear your insight. I've been listening to you for, you know, not too long, but I'm so grateful I found you. And, and, and you have such a, I, I just have a heart chakra in connection. I just, I have to say that. It's just, I just, you just come through that way to me. Thank so, you. I don't say Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so I will, I will listen and maybe if, if I know we only have maybe 10 or 15 minutes. No, so. no, 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 no. Um, we have as much time as we need. The show is another 35 minutes and I am willing to spend as much time as necessary. Okay. Well, did, did you ever maybe, see that? Helping me, maybe I can help them. You know what I mean? Because it just—it right. just seems like they go round and around and around and around, and it's—it's it's a downward spiral. You know? Yeah. But there was a and movie really, some some twenty really years like, ago. Hello. I'm sorry. I just want to say this. I'm sorry. I wanted to say this one thing. With my one family member, it's ruining the relationship with her marriage. With my other family, it's ruining the relationship with her elderly mother. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, let okay, me see if, to... I can try, if I un- try to answer your question, and maybe somehow we can think of how you could be helpful to these people. Some 20 years ago, there was a movie by Albert Brooks called Defending Your Life. I love the movie. And the whole thing mm-hmm. happens, you know, the movie begins, a guy buys a new car, begins to drive, boom, he gets in an accident, he's killed. And he's on the other side. And this whole movie is about judgment in heaven. And you are judged only by one thing, whether or not you lived in fear. And I thought the plot was fantastic. I don't know how you are judged. I do believe in life after life. I don't know what, how, for what you are judged, what's the most severe offense that you can make. But it was so real, so profound, because I think so many crimes are committed because of fear. 
so many mistakes people make. I will permit myself to to share with you something. When I had COVID two years ago, and I had um, 10 days of fever 103. And on the last 10, 10th day, I was in this place, I passed out, I was by myself in the apartment. And I went into a black place, there was blackness. You know, people say, near death experience, they go to the light, I didn't see the light, I didn't get to that place. But there was blackness. And suddenly I became aware that this blackness was alive. And it was full of love. I don't know how it's just my clear memory now. And I remember it like it happened yesterday. And and that thing that blackness asked me, are you afraid? And I suddenly started crying. And I say, are you kidding? I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that I have. I am ready. And remember, I have two children. I uh, have friends, I have work, but for some reason, I didn't think about anyone, maybe because I'm selfish. <laughs> but I said, I'm ready. And this blackness said to me, but we're not ready for you. Go back and learn how to live without fear. This is a real mm -hmm. experience. And mm -hmm. in these last two years, I've been thinking, and unwinding slowly, because first I wanted to say, oh, I even said me? No, I don't live in fear. And in the mm -hmm. last two years, I only became aware slowly how many times I acted out of fear. Mm -hmm. How many times? I think so many people, and listen, I'm a Mr. Psychologist, I work with people for so many years, and yet so many choices came out of fear. It could be, uh, you know, even with my mother's milk, because she went through concentration camp and, and so on. So mm -hmm. when, Gabriel, when you think of people living out of fear, you have to think about the whole picture, what all the things that affected them. It can be genetic, connected with their ancestors. It can be something that happened with them when they were children. Because you told me that they are concerned about money and food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And both are, all, both are about security, about survival, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Without money, you cannot buy food. So there is, there is great insecurity. And mm -hmm. I would say, Gabriel, you, you sound, got, you know, I don't know if you heard the first caller. The first caller was yes, yes. lost child. Yes, yes, yes. And she's such a powerful, strong lady. So inspirational. Mm -hmm. The same thing, mm -hmm. you sound so solid. And I will tell you that what you can do with people who are insecure and who are concerned about survival Mm -hmm. to assure them you cannot pre you cannot predict the future you cannot tell them everything will be fine <laughs> <Of course not. laughs> but you can say whatever happens I'm with you you're not alone oh, I do I do that's why I listen that's why I give them my support that's why you, I entertain you, you know? 
You know, people uh, are brought to a psychiatric unit in a hospital, very agitated. Within a short period of time, they suddenly come down. Really, very a short time, way before they received any medication. Why do you think that? What happened? They feel safe. Because they feel they are not alone. Yeah. That's why in the beginning of this show, I was saying, listen, uh, we are different only in, in, a de in a degree, not in kind. We're all dealing with the same issues. I don't know if you know, uh, Robin Williams said yes. once. Oh, yes, that poor dear. Mm. Yeah. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. Mm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that incredible? Mm -hmm. So sometimes when people see someone who is fearful, they, they look down at them. But a person who is fearful is in pain. And they're not only fearful. Uh, I just need to say this, but the people I'm talking about, they have a bravado. They don't even, they don't even, I don't, they, must not, well, maybe they recognize it, but they won't admit it. That's what, that's what's so frustrating. If they really admitted that this is something that they, it has encompassed and taken over their lives and then tried to, try to get some help about it, but they don't. That's, that's what's so frustrating yeah. to me. But for that, you need to have courage. And just like you said, Robin Williams, he, he was in the closet. Who knew he, 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 he had those uh, multiple personalities, you know what I mean? I, don't, I think he hid it through, through his, uh, you know, being, um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the jokester that he was. Like, he was so happy on the outside, and he was so unhappy, you know. I don't know if he was, I did not see him necessarily being happy on the outside. He was joking, doesn't mean he was happy. No, I understand. To the world, I meant he to the world. He was making us happy. You know, he was funny. He was making us happy. Yeah. To, the, to making other people laugh and happy and to the world. This this uh, facade, that's what I was saying, trying to get across. Yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So let's try now to see, let's see how we can help. Mm -hmm. if, if, there is, if, if there is bravado, it means they're in denial. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not they're not ready to hear um, well I would say you need to accept then if they, the, before you help somebody they have to trust you mm -hmm. if, they, if they're putting up this show it means they don't fully trust you because deep inside mm -hmm. they they are fearful Mm -hmm. And maybe possibly they are in denial uh, themselves. They they don't want to admit that they are fearful. And even though you are a brave woman, Gabriel, there are probably some things that you are concerned about. Not trembling with fear, but mm -hmm. you have some a little bit of fear of something. No. My fear is that in the end, after all the they, I feel that they. These are my relatives that I'm talking about. One is a, you know, an in-law relative, but 
Right, I feel right. they because they don't tell they don't talk to other people this way and they trust me. But it's like when I suggested recently, I said I think you really should talk to someone. It doesn't really have someone that schooled and has more insight and, and the person rhetorically uh, just just you know oh no no I won't do that you know so it that's yeah, my yeah. fear that's my fear is that all of this. Calling me at 10, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever, whatever. We talked for four hours. And then they'll say to me, oh, do you know we were on the phone for four hours? I said, well, you, you must. do you feel better? Mm-hmm. I listened. Do you feel better? I said, I feel better. Said, you called me and let me, you know, that, and I know that now maybe you can sleep or whatever, whatever. But in the end, am I doing any good? My fear is if I'm doing any good, even listening and, and giving some sort of support, uh, or I'm doing wrong. That's, that's my so, fear. Remember, the very first thing I said is that yes. people need to know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So my, my, very often I, even though in, in uh, school of psychology and social work, they say, you do not disclose about your life. I, I don't agree. When I talk to someone and I in any way can relate to their problem or to their fear, I immediately tell them, yeah, yeah, you know, when I was X amount at this year age or whatever, that's exactly how I felt. Or even now, if, if somebody tells me, you know, I'm so concerned about my children, I go, you know, my it's true. My daughter called me from London. She's in college. And she said that she got COVID. I didn't sleep two nights till I heard that she is beginning to feel better, not worse. So where are all my skills? Oh, I teach mm-hmm. people how to relax, breathing exercises, and yet I myself freaked out. I got, got very worried. So when I tell this to a person, it does not diminish me in their eyes. They respect me for being truthful. And they're learning that it's okay. It's okay to feel this way because then they see me being together, smiling, functioning, being helpful to them. But they know that I face challenges as well. You understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I you think <laughs> the more the more we level with people, the more we admit our imperfections, our weaknesses, the more they trust us. So what you are doing is fantastic. Also, also they have the commonality that is I, 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 I. It's all about them. Like they can't get out of out of themselves. Out of, it's like this person has everything most people would want. You know, her husband provides. She doesn't work this much. She always says, "I lost myself. I just did that." Blah 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 blah. I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" She says, "I don't know." I said, "Oh my goodness." But it's like, oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say behind that. Is it how, you know, that's really a, a real problem for a professional. <laughs> yeah, this, if, if they're willing to listen, you can gently say that mm-hmm. when you are focused only on yourself, mm-hmm. you're, kind of, you're kind of not receiving any light from the outside. 
I did say one thing that made a help this resonated with. I said, listen, when I sometimes I'm I'm thinking, oh, I don't have this, or I don't have that, or whatever, whatever. I go and I said, oh, I can open up my faucet and I get water. I don't have to walk a mile with my children with a bucket to get water. Water right away. It says how blessed you are. Think about what you have, what you don't have, not what you don't have. Yeah, but it also, you know, what you would you have to remind them that most of the time fear that people experience it's about the future yeah. one thing is a fright let's say a person is walking suddenly oh. the, the, the staircase is falling that's a fright a person it's the future. Mm-hmm. but fear most of the time is about the future and the future that's does true. not exist something exactly may, may not happen and we're making up stories and investing our now, our present time, all our energy exactly. into something that doesn't exist. That's why that, they probably exactly feel mm-hmm. they how, feel how do you help a person get through that block? How do you help a person get through that block? I mean, should, you know, should I just like not entertain listening or giving, you know? You tell them that. that most of their fears are stories about the future, and the future does not exist. Exactly. But every spiritual tradition that teaches living in the now. You know, exactly. somebody says, uh, this, this will happen to, uh, a year from now, my business may fall, fall apart. I say, two, two hours from now, you may be not alive. How do you know? How do you know? And yet you're worrying. Life is absolutely unpredictable. You know, the very first show uh, that I did, December 1st, 2019, mm-hmm. was about living in times of uncertainty. We live in great uncertainty because of COVID, economy, and so on. And people thought before that they live in certainty. And yet there were constantly accidents, constantly things that happen, people uh, getting plane crashes, people get poisoned. When they wake up in the morning, they don't think that something bad will happen, but it happens. And yet they pretend that that life is predictable. With little children, we don't have a choice. We need to make them feel secure and we say to them, yes, this and this will happen. But for adults, we have to know that all we have is the now, this very moment. Now, you will say, but what about earning a living? Yes, you earn the living with full knowledge. You may not even spend your money. You you never know. If you need to emphasize over and over, tomorrow does not exist. All you have is right now. You have to act rationally. If right now it didn't matter if you have a thousand dollars and say, oh, right now I enjoy buying this thing and I will spend a thousand dollars. No, no, it's not rational because that's all you have. Mm-hmm. But the possibility that tomorrow will not come. You you are receiving energy from God, call it from universe. In the mm-hmm. moment, you are not receiving it from the future. You are not receiving it from the past. You're receiving it only in the present moment. So when you are 
uh, fantasizing about the future, whether it's something positive or negative, you are in, not in the place of receiving any life energy. Because the life energy you're receiving only in the now. You understand? Yes. Can so I, that, I just want to ask you about energy. Now, how, how, how does a person that, is it, that exhibit these, you know, I wouldn't say traits, but living in this sphere, how do they get they through that? To, they get the energy to put one foot in front of the other and walk through that door. I, I, it's so, I, I don't know. That's why people mm. become sick. Because they are kind of, when they when we are living in the past or in the future, mm -hmm. we are vulnerable because we are not the life energy is happening only in the now, in the in the present moment. I, uh, my nephew Vlad has a beautiful analogy. Uh, imagine we are a big battery, and the energy is coming into this battery and filling us up to the rim. But then there are cables that go from this wonderful battery into different other small batteries. One battery called, let's say, my Uncle Joe who uh, hurt my feelings or, or stole my money. And so you are feeding your battery, energy from your battery into that battery. Oh, now a little bit less. The next one, uh, there is a battery. What will happen? How will I get money to pay for my children's college? So it's another battery of the future. And you are feeding your energy to that battery. And so on and so on. And before you know it, you feel you're exhausted. You don't have the energy. Why? Not because God is not giving you the energy, but because you are sending it all away. You're not focusing on what the important thing is. That's, is that what you're telling me? The really important thing, you're not focusing? Yes. The, the really mm -hmm. important thing is to help them in any way you can, is mm -hmm. on celebrating the now. You know, Arabs have a very nice yes. proverb. Trust in Allah, but don't forget to tie the camel to the tree. <laughs> yes. Nice, right? So... Mm -hmm. So you have to, yes, uh, let's say, uh, if, if let's say a person makes $5,000 a month. Okay, you have to make a decision how much you will invest in this activity and how much in this. And this is it. And then you do it, you follow your commitment, and then you celebrate the now. You don't worry about other people's money, what will happen with the money? Once you made the decision, you made the decision again in the now about about something that is yet to come. You understand? Because we have to have plans. Yes, that's the word. That's the word I wanted to just blurt out. Thank you for saying that. The plans. I mean, right. you have a plan, and and then you live in the now. The same you thing. Replace your fear with the plan, and that's it. Replace your fear with the plan. Right. right? Yes. Okay. Now, Gabriel, thank you very much for calling. I want to see if I get another caller. Thank you so much for your help. You have, thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do we have another caller? Gwen from New York. Gwen from New York. Gwen from New York, please. <laughs> hi, Dr. Resnick. Hi. Well, hi. 
I, I actually think it's really good that you're starting to take calls. It's uh, much. It's very interesting uh, hearing the other callers. <clears throat> so I don't know uh, if you can help me, but I'm in um, I'm in a situation. My parents are very old. My dad is 99, and my mom is 95. And uh, I had been taking full time care of them and living with them, and then uh, my sister and I had a pretty bad falling out. And um, anyway, she uh, she got power of attorney for my parents a long time ago and she has a a huge amount of influence particularly over my mother undue influence and uh my my sister has been really badly taken care of them she doesn't live with them she hires people she lives in florida and i went down um apparently the ambulance went to my parents house uh, last week for my mom and the ambulance left and uh my friend said to me you really need to go down and check out what's going on I went down and my mother was really in distress and I knew she had been in distress for a while. My mom uh, suffers from diverticulitis, very serious uh, uh, problem with your stomach. And um, because the care that my sister has there, and actually my sister's buying the food, she's buying them hot dogs and hamburgers and really bad food. My mother got very, very sick. And uh, so I tried to take care of her for about two days and really wasn't getting anywhere. And then my friend said to me, look, um, you know, the woman that's supposed to take care of them doesn't even uh, give her a shower. So my mother is basically sitting in diapers of poop and, oh, yeah. you know, very bad, very, very bad. Anyway, the point is I took her to the hospital and the hospital worked on her for 10 hours and it turned out she had a blockage. I found out a couple of days after that, that my sister put my mother in hospice. And I was like, whoa, if, if the hospital had known about the hospice, they would not have cured my mother. My mother doesn't have anything wrong with her. She's had for many, many years the same problems. She's had uh, IBF for many years. Um, I'm sorry, not. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, trying to think of the, the word for it. I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, nothing's really changed with her. And what was wrong with her was not diagnosed. And, you know, it didn't take, she's got RNs coming in and she's got the people, you know, I didn't know my sister would put my mom on uh on uh, end of life care and my mother is still mobile and she's still functional and she sure as hell doesn't want to die. Mm. So I was really happy to bring her home. And my father was so grateful. He was just so grateful. But my problem is still getting my mother to understand that my sister actually probably doesn't either know how to take care of her well enough to do this or just isn't, you know, isn't really, um, doesn't really want to. I mean, uh, so why I'm calling is to ask you, yeah. how do you speak to somebody who has, I don't have the kind of influence with my mother that my sister does. My sister can get anything she wants from her and she takes pride in this. She can embezzle her money. She, she thinks it's, you know, she thinks she, she, and it's, I, I mean, if I told my mother the same things that my sister said to her, like we're, we're now going to spend $10,000 a month on healthcare. If I said that to my mother, my mother would toss me out the window. She'd say, you're out of your mind. You're not going to do that. We don't have that kind of money. But my sister did it and got away with it. And my mother's getting very, very bad subpar treatment. And lots of tricks are going on with, with regard to their property. And now I am trying to, you know, I'm trying to speak to my mother in a way so she has an understanding of the person that you chose doesn't necessarily have the best intention for you. And, you know, to me, it, it, in life, it's about deeds. It's not about the words you said. It's about, it's about the deeds. Are you going to show up? And um, my sister's a very, you know, pretty violent person, and that's why I had to leave. I mean, she physically accosted me, and then that was that. Was that and I, I left. But 
anyway, I'm really having a hard time with this because I'm going to have to try to talk to my mother again about this. And, um, I don't know how to approach it. And, and yet when I look up undue influence, it's like, whoa, every, everything hits the mark when it comes to how my sister treats my mother. But how do you speak to somebody who's under undue influence? I mean, Hitler had a whole country under undue influence. How do you speak to them? Oh, yeah, 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 you are Gwen. Gwen, right? Your name is Gwen? Yes, Gwen. Like Gwen, Gwen. Paltrow. <laughs> you, 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 do, you do not bring up uh, an easy question. Uh, I, you, you have a lot on your plate. I'm very sorry. Uh, it's what comes to me is really if you see that your mother is in danger, you need to take a lawyer. Well, we, we have it in, we actually, Dr. Resnick, I am going down tomorrow to try to get guardianship of my mother. I have not worked since COVID. I cannot afford a lawyer, but I have a friend who is helping me with the legal stuff. But right now, this just happened last week. I had no idea. Do you know that my mother didn't know she was in end-of-life care? She, didn't, she signed papers and didn't even know what she signed. And then my sister sent a text message to me telling me that they didn't want my mother to know. So you have people that are going to her house tricking her. And, you know, let me tell you something. Once we got her cleared up at the hospital, she was like a new woman. She's just been going over six weeks. She had extraordinary pain. And, and no one, no one, all they kept doing was like, well, if you're, if, you're going, if you're going to the bathroom in your pants, we'll just give you some more diapers. Well, how about trying to find out why it's happening, right? There was a reason why it was happening. And, and no one who touts himself as great medical care thought to ask her, you know, key questions. Like, can you sit? No, she couldn't sit. She had to lay down on the bed. She did almost die from this because when, when, she had I'm bacteria. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we have just a couple of minutes left. I want to make a comment uh, because you, you, you called with a very painful question today. Uh, people, people share with such such issues that are very difficult to address. So your mother made a choice in life. That's what comes to me. She chose as her guardian, your sister. She made the wrong choice from what you're telling me. But nevertheless, we have to kind of honor her choice. And if you feel she made a wrong choice, yeah, you, you, it's a free country so far. Uh, and you have right to go and protect your mother. You, you can hire a lawyer. And that's, to me, the only thing that you can do. Uh, maybe, maybe you can call your sister and warn her that you intend to hire the lawyer. Maybe that will scare her. And maybe not. No, <laughs> we're already in court. She's not scared. <laughs> I, I have to say, I have a friend who's helping me and I'm doing this pro se. But this was a new development. But anyway, thank you for your uh, your wait, help, wait, 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 and um, wait, I like wait. your I like your show. <laughs> I want to say something. I want mm. you to know one thing. You know, when our parents die, we have to know that we did right by our parents. Yes. So whether or not you win is now not that relevant because you are to keep going. You are to keep living. Your mother will go one at one point, maybe if not now, in two years, in three years. But you will know, even if you do not win, you will know that you did the best on behalf of your mother. 
Thank you. That's that's what I think too. I think yeah. I think you're right. I can't let somebody die who's not ready to go. I just cannot do it. So I'll, I'm just going to fight with her until she when she wants to go, she'll let me know. The outcome is not in your hands, but before no, that, not. you did everything you could, and that's the right yeah. thing to do. Okay. Okay. Thank right. you very Thank much you, for calling. Bye bye. Bye bye. And now, wow, ladies and gentlemen, people shared some powerful stuff. Can you imagine if we had hours and hours of this? How much pain, how many challenges, how much strife in the world? But again, if we share this, if we air the problems, we maybe not get, cannot get all the answers, uh, but at least one we share. And it's already uh, easier when you make things known to other people. And then some ideas may be useful. I hope something that I said was helpful to all these callers. Uh, and we'll do the same thing next week. We'll have an open mic. And I want to thank you all for being with us today. Uh, enjoy your week. And peace to all who want to live in peace.